In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Written about 2,100 years ago, these words from the book of Amos are still as powerful today as they were then. Amos was not actually a prophet by trade. In his own words, he was a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees, a native of Judah. But he was also a man who experienced the touch of God's hand upon him. And in response, he was willing to speak out with courage against the injustices of his day. He could see the direction that Israel was heading in. He saw wealthy merchants trampling over the poor and the defenseless. He saw public leaders living in luxury and unconcerned over the plight of their people. Their religious ceremonies were meaningless, born of hearts that were trying to appease God rather than please God. Because in their newfound prosperity, they had forgotten their past. They had forgotten how God brought them out of Egypt, how God had guided them in the wilderness, how God had brought them to the promised land. But Amos reminded them that they were called to be God's chosen people, and that that meant that they were called to a greater responsibility, not simply entitled to some special privilege. Amos's main purpose as a prophet was to call these people back to God, to urge their repentance and their restoration as God's people, so that on the day Israel was to be crowned with glory and honor, it would truly be a day of light and not a day of darkness and gloom or a day of God's wrath, as Amos had predicted would happen if they continued on their current path. Because God, you see, wasn't interested in their empty rituals and their offerings. The only offering God sought was the offering of themselves. Only then would justice and righteousness truly rain down upon them. And it was this real sense of urgency that Amos called his people to change. Tomorrow, he said, might be too late. And as we approach the end of ordinary time, the season after Pentecost, our readings on Sunday mornings have taken this drastic turn. For many weeks now, we've focused on discipleship, on learning from Jesus' teaching his disciples how we can pattern our own lives according to his example. Now the emphasis has shifted to the end time, the day when Christ will return to judge the living and the dead. And the second coming of Christ is not something we usually like to think about or honestly, that's talked about very much in the Episcopal Church. And if we're being completely honest with ourselves, 
there are many things in our lives that probably fall into the same category, things we'd rather put off until tomorrow, or maybe even forever. Things like giving up smoking or going on a diet, maybe going to the doctor for that long overdue checkup, making out a will. After all, we're very busy people, aren't we? And so we'll write that letter to our good friend next week. We'll call our sick aunt tomorrow when we have a little more time. Someday we'll remember to say I love you to our families as we fly out the door to another meeting. Or to thank God for the many ways God graces our lives as we move through each and every day. Like the Israelites, we might get away for this with this for a time. But what these readings we hear this morning teach us, and what we probably already know from our experiences, is that there is not always the next time available to us, and that tomorrow may indeed be too late. The words of our gospel reading today bring us this similar message. Because in what we have heard from St. Matthew, we encounter these ten bridesmaids, all dressed and ready to go with their lamps to accompany this big and fancy bridal procession. Because in those days, the groom went to the bride's house first, and then after some time, this procession accompanied the couple to the groom's house where the actual ceremony would take place. Now, to anyone who's ever been involved with a wedding, it may come as no surprise that there was a little delay at the bride's house. And so these 10 bridesmaids, growing really tired in this late part of the day, all fall asleep. And when the call finally came for that procession to begin, they quickly got themselves together, but five of them found that they didn't have any oil for their lamps. So they tried to borrow some from those who had brought a little extra, but fearing they might be the ones to run out next, said, no, you go buy for them some for yourselves. So then while they went out to buy some, lo and behold, the groom comes, and the procession went off without them. When they got to his house for the celebration, the door was already closed, and they were turned away with the words, I do not know you. Those words sound so harsh to our ears when we hear them. Yet we know from living out our own lives that there's no opportunity that lasts forever. How many times we heard it said of someone who had just got this wonderful and promising job, well, they were in the right place at the right time. Well, sometimes in our quickness to say that, we tend to forget that this person probably spent a whole lot of time preparing that resume, checking and rechecking those job postings, making themselves available again and again for when that time finally was right. And even if they were sleeping when that call came in, their lamp was filled and they were ready to go. And so it must be the same with each of us. The message of this parable is that whenever Christ calls, we must be ready. Just as happened to those bridesmaids, there may be no time to run to the nearest gas station or the grocery store or even here to church to find the oil that might be lacking in our spiritual lives. 
We can't borrow it from a neighbor or from a friend because it has to come from within ourselves. It has only to do with each one of us and our own relationship with God. In the Jewish tradition, oil has long been a symbol of faith that resulted in good deeds, all in preparation for the return of the Lord. And the same is true for us. We're not to sit idly by to be found sleeping, but to live out the gospel in our daily lives every day in the hope of the glory that will be revealed to us. In other words, we have to be ready at all times. As we move quickly towards the close of this church year, we need to consider and reconsider the kinds of choices we make in our lives that may, might drain this oil from us and leave us unprepared to meet Christ. Do the choices we make leave us too busy to give God the time God deserves? Do these things take precedence over our spiritual lives? Is there some group or some ministry here at St. John's that you've thought about joining or participating in and just never got around to it? Is there someone in your family you need to make peace with? Or perhaps an elderly neighbor who would be cheered by a phone call or a home-cooked meal? Is there something happening in our city or in our nation that pains you each time you think about it? but you keep hoping someone else will take care of it. All these things we know deep down that we should do and that we don't, or that we simply put off doing, can drain our oil so that we're not only unprepared to do God's work and God's will, but we also lose the joy that comes from being in a right relationship with God and with each other. Jesus' challenge to us is that we demonstrate by the way we live that we are part of his celebration in every moment of our lives and that we're ready to join that heavenly banquet right now. Of course, there are things in this life that we have to do and there are things that we want to do, and that's okay. Because as part of God's creation, we're called to go on loving all that is part of life and to have fun doing it. But at the same time, to always keep in mind where we are going and what our final destination will be. Because that will and should affect how we live each moment of our journey. When we focus our lives on doing these things that Jesus calls us to do right now, no matter the cost, we will actually see miracles happening in our time. And until then, in the immortal words of the prophet Amos, that were repeated by Martin Luther King Jr. on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, we will not and should not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Amen.